Welcome to the World of Wisdom podcast. My name is Amit Paul, and today I get to speak on one of those topics that I haven't really dug into that much on the podcast, but something that I'm very curious about and that I do a lot of reading about, and that would be sort of the, let's see if that's true or not, even you might uh, not uh, agree with the lens, but I'm, I'm imagining that we will talk about sort of the meeting of indigenous cultures and indigenous wisdom with um, the uh, current society, current situation, current cultural conditioning or context that we live in, uh, and then uh, different aspects of that, maybe. But very, very, very welcome to the podcast, Mandy. Ah, shit, I lost your last name. Please tell me your last name. <laughs> it's hard for people to pronounce, too. Well, so my Western name is Mandy Martini, but my indigenous name is Kriyan Chuailaf, which is hard for people to pronounce. So I need to try. Kriyan Kriyan Kriyan. Kriyan means moon, and Chuailaf means miss spreading over a lake. Like a mist or a fog spreading over a lake. It's a verb that describes that. Kuyen Chuai Love. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast, Kuyen Chuai Love. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I tend to get the hardest question out of the way um, to start with. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, who are you, Kuyen Chuai Love? Yeah, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm indigenous. I'm uh, of the Mapuche Nation, which is... Uh, an indigenous group in Patagonia. Um, I also have some other uh, indigenous ancestry from Southwest of the United States um, to Mexico and the Amazon. Um, But my culture and the practices that I grew up with and the language I grew up with is Mapuche, which means the people of the land. So um, I currently live in upstate New York in the Catskills, uh, in the woods, <laughs> with my partner, who is also indigenous, but out of, from New York. Um, so we are, I teach, um, I teach people how to heal from trauma and how to understand stress. And uh, it's an it's an understanding that we always had with us, but I think was forgotten in the Western culture. Um, just understanding our our natural responses and how the cycles, you know, everything we go through is a natural cycle. And uh, something me and my partner are actively working towards is keeping this traditional knowledge because it's so important to how we live and how we survive in this world. So, hmm. yeah, that's that's what I do, or <laughs> that's who I am. <laughs> I'm I'm curious about. We'll definitely talk about trauma in a minute. But how how come? Because you've been living in Sweden and living in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you? Did you were you always on the on this sort of path of of preserving or or remembering or keeping alive the traditions the indigenous traditions or is this something how did you come to that particular I was when I was young yeah I was when I was younger um I uh my family is very you know my my mom like everyone my aunt my uncles my grandparents everyone grew up very in an um insulated or isolated community so there's there was no electricity no uh, none of the western you know <laughs> way of living 
piece, she say. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother had never even saw herself in a mirror until she got to Sweden. So uh, I uh, and my family too, because my uh, my great great grandfather was a chief, and it kind of gets passed on into the family. So our family has a very strong hold in the community. So the traditions were always a very big part. Um, I would say, especially since we were uh, put on the into reservations in the 1880s. Um, my great great grandfather, he, um, you know, he kept saying that you know for us to be able to survive, we have to uh, not only learn what they know, you know, but we have to also keep our traditions alive. So we, uh, the women in our family, kind of got the strongest um, uh, responsibility to keep the traditions alive and uh, our knowledge and uh, my grandmother was um, like a medicine woman uh, and so was my great aunt so I grew up around a lot of traditions Uh, and even though we were in Sweden my family didn't come from there you know we were just making it work there Uh, it became harder once I got into high school I think in Sweden because it was a lot of um, like neo-Nazis in school and a lot of racism and uh, being just like one out of like three <laughs> non-Swedish people uh, it just uh, I started to shy away from it and trying to separate myself from it trying to be more western trying to be more white uh, or trying to be white <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I kind of got away from it so when when I experienced trauma myself I um uh, it took me eight years until I came back to my to our traditions, to our knowledge. Um, eight years of just um, trying to do everything Western culture told me to do. Uh, but I got to a point where I'm like, if I don't return to our knowledge, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it. Like I'm not gonna survive this this trauma. So that's when I. Uh, that's when I returned to our knowledge. And ever since then, I've been uh, full force trying to, to keep it alive with not just our people, but and other indigenous people, but for other people as well. You know, there's a lot of people who need to understand how their bodies work and how they can heal from trauma. It's elusive, I imagine, because we're speaking about sort of culture and, and things that, I mean, once you know something, it's hard to not know it i guess yeah um but i'm i'm wondering are there any like if you would try to point to stories or or sort of important differences in differences that make a difference i guess in some you know language and like between the your indigenous traditional knowledge versus the the western uh, the swedish whatever high school like that that culture that, that lived there are, are there is that something you've thought about like how how would you if you'd invite me into sort of the yeah seeing the edges of my knowledge or yeah it, and it wasn't even that much um like in Sweden it was more you know being a kid and trying to fit in but mm-hmm. I think it was you know I uh, moved to Los Angeles and I lived in Los Angeles for almost half my life um went to college there and everything but uh it was I don't know. It, it to me, it's just like when it, both when it comes to how we live in Western culture and how we approach and even look at healing, 
mm-hmm. in Western culture is very um, clinical. It's it doesn't consider nature. At, you know, it kind of separates us from nature. We, you know, in the Western culture, you keep being taught that, you know, you go somewhere to hike or you go somewhere to like to be in nature, right? But for us, we're we believe, we are nature. You know, this is who we are. Like it is our flesh, our blood, our, everything is nature. Um, so um, I think that the biggest contrast I see when it comes to especially living if you think about like how much time you spend um just working to uphold an industry in western culture Mm -hmm. right you don't spend it with your loved ones most the the majority of your time is not with your loved ones it's not with the natural world it's not experiencing life it's actually making money so you can have a roof over your head and survive in an industrial world and for a lot of people that makes a lot of sense because that's all they know but if you come from an indigenous culture that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, like why, like for a conversation I have a lot with my family members who had to leave our territory is that, you know, it's, you know, people keep talking about like how great it is with the progress in Western culture and stuff like that. But for us, it's a huge sacrifice. You're sacrificing time away from your loved ones. You're sacrificing time to live and experience your life. So, so for us, it's, you know, yeah, you you might have nice electricity and heat, (laughs) but it's, you know, it comes with a price, right? Yeah. That's one of those, it's one of those stories that I think are are so interesting and so prevalent. And I mean, of course, it's like, it also, it's been amplified. I think that's that's something that I'm reading a lot that, that because of the costs of, um, modern society, if you will. There's also an even stronger storytelling that's actually making a point out of how great it is now versus how horrible, how absolutely horrendous it must have been uh, before without really sort of a lot of those those facts are maybe not as factual as they seem. They're, they're heavily filtered at least. And, and also a lot of time the reference is not indigenous cultures. The reference is Western culture before industrialization, right? So it's, it's, it's still Western culture, but it's just, it's just pre, right? It's like the pre-progress, right? But it doesn't take in consideration our cultures, like our communities. You know, I had people say the same thing. They're like, well, there was a, some woman mentioned like a study in Finland about how like um, people's uh, health and life expectancy is higher now, right? I'm like, but that's only looking at European, uh, European model, right? You're not looking at our indigenous cultures because my family members and the people in our community they live to like a hundred, over a hundred years old, you know. So it wasn't until we got pushed into reservation and got forced into Western culture that our uh, we started seeing alcoholism and um, diabetes and like all the all the diseases that were not in our communities before. And even sort of in within the civilization, if you want to call it that, or like the Western modernity or, or pre pre modernity, just before modernity happened. I mean, if you discount for the first five years of living. And, and then you start looking at um, life expectancy, it's completely different. It's not 30 or 40 anymore. It's maybe 70 or 75 or 80 even, mm-hmm. even here. So, I mean, a lot of those arguments are 
well, you, it depends on how you cut the data. But but let's uh, but let's talk about uh, the 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 being nature and also sort of how it relates to to trauma, the cycles, mm-hmm. like the stuff, the work that you're actually you're really doing. Um, how where do we start? <laughs> That's a good place to start. And the, and I think you know the way you know the way we live, you know, always, you know, how we talked about like how you're always just working just to survive, right? It's kind of the same approach when you look at healing or health in the Western culture. You know, I have a lot of doctors and nurses and psychologists coming into my program and they say that in in medical school, they only learn and like in, in their work, they only learn how to like attack the problem, right? Like it's only like surviving the problem, right? But it's not about understanding on where does it come from? Like how does it, how does trauma even get it? Like how do we, like what is, you know, trauma is a wound, you know, it comes from somewhere. It's not just, you know, something um, that is separate. But when I went through, like when I was, trying to go through the Western methods of healing from trauma, it was never, like, it was never understanding the natural cycle of it. It was never understanding to, understanding it as a wound, right? It was very, like, how do we attack, like, how do we put medications on it? How do we, you know, sit and talk about it once a week, week after week after week, just talking and talking and talking, but it, it doesn't do anything to the natural cycle of it. You know, you can't shame, you know, it's, you know, I keep saying that, like, or making a reference to, um, you know, for example, if a deer was being chased by a hunter, right? And this deer is in this state of survival, right? Trying to survive. To all of a sudden give it, like, medications or just sit down and talk to it about it doesn't change the situation. It's still trying to survive. And that's the same thing we are experiencing in Western culture with trauma, right? You're trying to... T- like you're you're completely ignoring the fact that you're in a state of survival when you're in like in western culture uh if you're living with trauma or even with stress stress actually can develop in into you know when we live with it for so long and it doesn't get to leave the body it turns into a wound a trauma yeah so um that the way so what we talked about before the way we live in survival just trying to you know pay our bills and have roof over our heads it's the same thing with how people live with stress and trauma they're just trying to survive each day right and that is not a way to live you know as indigenous people we're constantly like one of our you know like i don't know what you call it, like pillars of of our understanding of or of our, of our culture is that everything in life everything in natural in the natural world is is a duality, right? And a duality creates balance. And if there's no balance, you know, that's why we keep looking at the land, we keep looking at the waters, we keep looking at the animal, we keep looking at everything in the natural world around us to understand if it's in balance or not. And if it's not, we need to make changes to understand, you know, we need to understand it and we need to make changes to bring it back to balance. And we work the same way. Uh, we, we see ourselves exactly the same actually in our in our community it's uh it's uh, people have a huge responsibility to to have to to be in balance right because we know that when someone is not doing well 
they it will affect the family it will affect the rest of the community and it ripples that's yeah that's really significant right i mean in terms of of the difference between what you're responsible for because i mean if you look at if i would put that into my work context for instance then i mean my responsibility my work context is to show up to keep delivering whatever I need to keep delivering, like whatever the cost. Like, I mean, you have these examples of people in the middle of a divorce and not being able to share that because they think that that would make them weak or or whatever it might be, like that that we are. And also something that you said before around sort of the how we, which relationships we spend time with um, and, and how we care for time-wise, regardless of how much you think you put your attention into it. I mean, we have this, you know, this idea of the quality time, right? But, yeah. but it's like, um, time-wise, we are actually prioritizing and protecting and devoting ourselves to this other thing, relationships that doesn't really matter, but they are bringing us, like they're in exchange for something or there's like a payment for something. There's a, a something happening. Um, yeah. It's really interesting in terms of balance, as you're saying, like how. Yeah. What's unfortunate, though, is, you know, because, you know, as I told you, like in our community, everyone has the responsibility to be in balance. Right. But with that also comes the knowledge of how to heal. It also comes with our having access to our traditional healers. So what happens if you remove that, you know, that which is what we see now, like people don't have the knowledge, people don't have the community and culture like that has been you know our our cultures then our knowledge has been uh passed on we call it uh it means uh it's our generational knowledge that's been passed down for millennia like if for longer than any civilization has even existed and mm. when you know when the colonization began and you start removing that you start um forcing indigenous people to not to conform to western culture to to stop with their own practices make it illegal make it illegal to be you know to practice um our ways and our languages um moving uh displacing indigenous people and and forcing everyone to have this be part of this uh, homogeneous society you know it's you know you're taking away that knowledge and so people don't know anymore how how to heal people don't understand how stress affects their body they how 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 their body actually releases the stress and you know and how it heals from trauma you know how it finishes that survival cycle we're not meant to be in survival cycle all the time because that it's imbalanced right our bodies are actually made to finish that cycle just how you finish a cold or a uh, women finish a menstrual cycle it's the same way like everything is a cycle but it just kind of stops in the western culture everyone just becomes stuck you know without that knowledge yeah we kind of tell these stories of how it's natural that you would be depressed or something i mean you, you kind of preserve the condition right that's because we're not moving through the cycle or through the stages if i'm understanding you rightly then then we're preserving them, like with, by medicating or sedating or something like that, or or looking away or not being with or not attending to even, or not maybe even believing the story that it's possible to heal. Like this is just something that I have to deal with right now. This is just something that's going to be with me forever rather than, you know, when you speak to healers, I mean, I've speaking to, spoken to more holistically inclined, even Western medicine 
people that are, are in that paradigm, but they're also pointing to like the the um, enormous gifts sometimes that these hard this hardship brings and the knowledge that it brings and the that like those that are able to metabolize or move past or move beyond or or overcome or undercome or you know just melt um move through maybe uh, yeah it it is yeah yeah it is um it is that is the dangers i think think of a of a, a dominant culture you know where you don't have room for any other cultures uh, and, and any other points of views and perspectives because you start to think of what you were saying then you know you think it's natural right so you start con- confusing what's the norm with what's natural mm. so what it's the norm for people to live with depression is the norm for people to live struggling and suffering with trauma and stress but it's not natural it was never like it, it was never natural for us to live that way but that's the confusion. That's what what gets confusing because if that's all you see, then you believe it's natural, right? If that's all you hear and yeah. see around you. And I'm also like in in on that vein, like it's natural probably, or I would argue that most people will have will encounter difficulty or adversity on different yeah. levels and so forth. I mean, that's that seems to be the sort of the human condition because as a as a consequence of being alive and, and being in the world, like there are going to be things that we are encounter with and that it might be you know rape or violence but it might also be like breaking a leg or or like some other type of stress um so it's i mean again it makes sense that it almost seems too simple that of course there would be methods and, and ways of dealing with and overcoming and moving past yeah yeah but it, it's not like if you think about it you know how many times have you been injured or had a cold or something and your body heals from it you know, you don't stay with the cold. You don't have the cold for years, right? So why would you have trauma for years? Your body creates new, yeah, it's it's always changing. It's always healing. Yeah. So what, what are the, um, if there's a path to start sort of, can we ground it in some way? Like... <laughs> How do we start uh, moving past? Like, what what is the what would be the trauma cycle? What's a healthy way of being with and moving through trauma to be able to heal it? Um, so, the cycle looks um, the survival cycle looks very uh, you know first when something happens right. Let's say you go through something traumatic or something stressful even right. It happens. It starts. It starts your body into this state of survival, right? All these, uh, we call it survival energies, but uh, Western culture is more adrenaline and cortisol, right? Uh, Hormones. Um, It starts in your body, right? The problem is it becomes stuck in Western culture because in Western culture, you're taught to stop uh, natural responses. Like how many times have you stopped yourself from crying or, you know? Or if you have your body start shaking or trembling or twitching, you're trying to stop it, right? Because it's seen as something um, that is not, you know, it's, it's crying is seen as a sign of weakness or, you know, trembling is weird or, you know, like all these natural responses that we have in the eyes of Western culture is seen as something we should control or stop because it 
you know, you know, it, it's so funny or not funny, haha, but it's just how much of nat- of our, like who we are as nature is seen as something wrong. You know, if you even think of it, like, you know, women having their periods or, you know, or, uh, you know, using the bathroom or anything like that, you know, like all these crying, you know, all these things are there for a reason, but they become uh, kind of like tucked away or hidden away. And uh, as a result, um, it's, it stops their responses and people become stuck in that survival cycle. So, for example, you see that with women giving birth, for example, you know, like if, if they are, um, get that, um, that, um, epidural, yeah, some, if that epidural doesn't wear off after birth, so their, the body will naturally, you know, when you're, when a woman is in giving birth, you know, the, the body is full on survival to be able to have all of those energies to be able to be strong enough to give birth to, to be able to go through childbirth, right? Uh, just like trauma, mm. you know, whenever you experience something traumatic or something stressful, your body will get into all these survival energies so that you can go through it, right? It's help you through it. But it's never meant to stay there. That's what we keep talking about, right? So what happens when a woman gives birth, right, is their body starts shaking. And But if you have the epidural, sometimes that stops that shaking. So that never happens. So what a lot of women experience after is a lot of complications, right? The, a lot of depression, you know, and same thing, you see the exact same thing with trauma, right? So that you see the survival cycle in all these different areas, you know, from childbirth to experiencing stress to experiencing trauma. Uh, it, it works exactly the same, you know, it's supposed to be a release. You have to release those energies so that your body can come back to balance and, that's what that's what needs to yeah that's the most important thing you know if if not we just stay stuck there and we can't mm. if you notice too like you can't stay stuck uh in this virus cycle because start breaking you down you know anyone who's ever lived with a uh, long stress you know something that's really stressing them out you know like trying to survive this culture or is trying to you know have enough food or enough um, money to pay for food or bills and anything like that, or even going through something traumatic, um, you know, you notice that if you live with it, the longer you live with it, it starts breaking you down because you're not meant to live like that. You know, people get sick, people start developing injuries and diseases. And- yeah, it's like this, uh, I listen and read a lot of, of Nora Bateson's work and she keeps referring to like anything that is stuck in a changing world, like given that change is the only thing that's constant, anything that's stuck is actually just a lot of change in a different place, like where you're not looking. Like the the magnitude of change that's required to keep anything stuck yeah, in a system is is tremendous, just beyond where you're looking. Like just be, you know, there's no point where you can actually not change. So to be able to stay in that trauma, to stay in that response, that's a high price for your body and same thing if you draw to the the constant growth sort of paradigm of the western northwestern hemisphere that is causing a lot of changes and pain and destruction in other aspects that we haven't been measuring we haven't been looking at until recently ish 
Yeah, our our machi, our healers, uh, the highest healers, they always say that stuck energy creates illnesses and diseases, right? And we keep talking about, you know, how it trickles down to our communities and everything else around us, right? It affects, you know, it becomes the domino effect. Uh, and it's just, yeah. you know, like you said, you know, we're noticing it all around us, you know, uh, societies that are just, you know, struggling to survive and everyone's just butting head you know because if you're trying to survive you're all your everything you put out is just a reaction to that survival right it's either trying to fight it or escape it right or freezing it which is where we see depression right free like freezing is just depression but you know all that anger the the you know the anxiousness that you know not being able to stay in relationships have conversations anything like that that is your survival response right there. You know, that's, uh, that's your body, you know, it keeps letting us know whenever you are in a state of survival. And <laughs> I was just going to say that, you know, that's another thing too with, you know, Western culture, you're taught that everything is separate, right? You're the individual and nothing else matter. Like, you know, like every individual is to themselves, right? Whereas our culture teaches you know we are we are individuals but we're part of 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 this whole web together right so um Hmm. yeah so it everything we do affects everything around us right Mm -hmm. that was my my um sort of when when if uh like for instance, with you, when when after those eight years of of trying to heal in the in the Western sort of context, when you return to your community and your like and, and started and began that healing journey, how? Because I'm imagining, I mean, then you have you're filled with stories about um, that you're. I mean, I don't know. I'm just projecting, but let's say that you're broken or that this is the way that it is and and this is not possible to heal. And I, I don't know any like the details, but like I'm just imagining. And and so, how did you? start opening up to the possibility that you could move this or heal this or like what what were the i i always questioned the western methods i was like this doesn't make sense you know like we're not meant because the doctors keep telling me my ptsd Mm. and depression and anxiety that it was all chronic right i had chronic ptsd you know um the severe depression you know like that everything was i was just supposed to live like that for the rest of my life and it went against everything i've been taught since i was a young girl i would I learned about the natural cycles very early. Uh, I'm like, it doesn't really make sense, but I kind of just, you know, trying to fit in to Western culture, trying to be part of Western culture, just went with it, right? And uh, when I, so I didn't return to my community to heal. I was actually in in Los Angeles, um, living in domestic violence. I was not even allowed to leave my home when I started letting my body heal. I would. Uh, put like a dresser against the door so that my ex-husband wouldn't be able to get inside so that I can just let my body start the releasing process. And I started doing that. Uh, I would lock myself into the bathrooms and do like anything to get my body to physically release the survival response, the survival responses. And I, to this day, it was seven years ago, I still say that, um, that was probably the reason why I got out because I, like I said, you know, when you're in survival, everything is just focused on survival. It's very hard to see 
opportunities, it's very hard to see other ways because when you're in that state of survival, you're just like, you know, you're almost drowning, right? Uh, and um, it, I don't think I would make would have made it out and see the opportunity to get help for the police to come uh, if it wasn't for me doing that for and uh, for me to be to even you know because I was so broken down it was um, before I started that so uh, it had to happen for me to even get out yeah so um, um, I uh, that's how I. I, I just remembered, right? I just remembered where I came from and remember our, our knowledge. And I actually, right before that, like two months before that, I uh, I never had a tattoo or anything. So tattoos for us is um, one, uh, there's, we call it skin marking too. Um, it's um, mm. uh, one of the skin markers over at, um, our territory says that it's how our ancestor recognizes us when we um, go to Winnemuffel, the land above us, when we cross over. So I, uh, at this time, it was April, and I thought, I didn't think I was going to survive because uh, my my husband at the time, he was um, planning on how he was going to kill me and how, he's, how he was going to get away with it. And... Uh, you know, kept taking my phone away. I was not allowed to leave anything. But one day he's like, oh, I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm like, so I asked if I could come too. And I got tattoos are, are like some of our old symbols uh, tattooed on me because I, I didn't, I think I thought this was it. Right. But I think those, they also helped me remember. They also helped help me remember that, you know, the knowledge that I was taught before, you know, and that's, you know, uh, after that, I started doing, I started letting my body release and finish the survival cycle um, in that house. And, mm. and then I, yeah, then I made it out. Yeah, in June, I made it out. So two months later. And, and, and then if you're okay with it, like, then, then what happened? What was sort of the next step or like what what comes when i made it out what happened after that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh once i made it out i uh yeah i uh it took a while for me to find a place i was didn't have a home for a while uh for three months i think four months um but once i got I found a home i was able to uh really focus on letting my body release everything i've been through i um I actually, the reason why I even started teaching about this was because I was in a domestic violence um, support group. Uh, it's this hidden, um, like you had to, it was very like, you know, you had to park at a grocery store and then you had to make sure you're not being followed. And then you get into all these security uh, doors to, until you get to the room where all these women are sitting who are either in domestic violence or just escaped domestic violence. And, um, I was telling my story and the women were like, how are you so calm? <laughs> they're like, they're like, how are you? Like, they're like, we're like nervous. Like we're like wrecks over here. And you just, you know, and um, with everything you've gone through, you're just so calm and peaceful. And how they're like, how, how is that? And I told them it's because I let my body finish the survival cycle. So that means I don't get triggered anymore. 
like all the old triggers that I used to have when you're like in trauma, I you don't have it. It just it goes away. Your body becomes balanced again. So I told them about our, you know, what we do and you know how we heal from trauma, and and they asked me to teach them, and that's how it started. And then it became an online program. So uh, that was that was basically how it how it got started. <laughs> and then and then at some point you started. I mean, you you had the return to the community and so forth as well. Is that? I mean, what what were? How does that work? Like, I mean, we have you know, I'm I'm used to feedback and stuff like that when when people tell me like this is what you could do better and whatever. Like, but how how does a return like I- that? Uh, a reintegration into the indigenous way like what it never is just projecting on you now. yeah yeah it, it's not like yeah, a, I might, might be asking stupid questions i think no no but i think what you're thinking about is more people that have not been part of their community like in family and communities before you know for me it's like i i i've been mm-hmm. in my communities you know my whole life you know like even though i haven't physically been there but like we talk every day almost like on the phone and you know um my uh great grandfather used to send like um video or not videos but recordings of uh of our ceremonies and you know our elders talking so it was it's Mm. never like i talk to my family members on territory uh, on our reservation all the time so (laughs) so it's not like a return uh it's just uh, they're just very happy to um that i came back to uh um, to our practices and to you know that I want to keep it alive with it, not just in our family but to for others as well and for future generations that's one of the biggest thing too you know yeah because what I'm curious about is also the but the responsibility and the starting of the healing and the the return to your own ways that was that was yours to do or your your path to find and there was kind of trust in the in the community that even though they were seeing or maybe not seeing whatever was going on they were they trusted you to, to do it you were never not part of because i'm i'm just again like i'm a father of two girls that are now six and yeah. eight and i'm imagining that they will go through life and and then of course wondering like how would i how can i relate to whatever their life experience brings them in a constructive way how can i show that i'm there and and also let them live the path, like take the path that they need to take. It's, it's like that's where my question is coming from. Yeah, you know. For us, it's um the way we're taught knowledge is very um a teacher will show you, but it's up to you to take that knowledge and and do something with it, right? You know, so it's not the I think maybe in Western culture, it's more like holding, you know, like kind of, um, um, it's like, oh, this is the way, like, you know, you look at the school system, it's very, this is the way we're going to do it. And you're going to do it like this and this and that. Right. Um, we have our, our, we say we have four steps for, to receive, to receive knowledge in our communities, which is kind of like our school system, I guess. And the first one is, uh, mm-hmm. learning how to listen. And that's how we, you know, when you pay attention to your teachers around you, um, you start listening to, right? And um, you, uh, 
and then we, we start moving into um i don't know why i'm spacing out now but <laughs> you have to actually start uh um start um oh, damn it. i forgot it but you actually had to start um i don't know why i'm spacing right now pick a different language <laughs> i don't back. know it's all freezing wait <laughs> I'm like starting thinking in in my in our native language right now, and it's just messing up my 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 brain. It's just <laughs> all the languages. It's just short. <laughs> um, uh, no, okay, never mind. But uh, we have yeah, we have steps where you're supposed to like learning how to listen is one of the biggest one, and and but to apply mm -hmm. that knowledge that you learn is up to you, right? Now we talked about before about the responsibility. Right, that um, that is each member's responsibility. Right, to be in balance. It's the same thing with knowledge. Right, is each you you have to um, your teacher will show you, but then you have to actually you know you have to do. Okay, there we go. Through trial and error, you have to do through trial and error until you actually yeah. get to the place yourself. Um, so that's how how our so my I was already taught the knowledge and I had to go through these trial and errors until I got to actually apply the knowledge um, and but also uh, during my time in domestic violence I wasn't allowed to have any contact with my family really so I didn't you know it was it made it even harder and that's you know you know for maybe for someone who does hasn't lived in domestic violence or hasn't come from another culture besides Western culture, it might sound very um, like a big stretch. But for me, when I look at domestic violence and how we live in Western culture is very similar, right? You trying to like, when I was living with him, like, or, and I, what I hear from other people who live in domestic violence is that, you know, the, the, the person tries to get you completely separated from everything else around you, right? Any other, you know, your friends, your family, anyone that can have any input to how, to what's going on, right? Anyone that can say like, hey, that's not okay. You know, this is wrong. You know, they try to separate you from all of that, right? And for me, Western culture is exactly the same way. It separate us from our own cultures, right? And say that everything else is wrong. Everything else wrong. This is the only thing that is right. Um, and when you live in domestic violence, that's all you hear. And when you live in Western culture, that's all you hear, right? So for me, that those were the similarities, and that's why it's so hard when you're both in domestic violence and you're only and you're in Western culture. Is you can't hear anything else. You know, you don't have, you know, indigenous knowledge is not recognized in Western culture. It's not, it's kind of like looked at something, you know, like, oh, you know, I kind of get shoved in with like yoga meditation or, you know, spiritual, you know, like, uh, you know, it's just, it doesn't, it's not taken serious. Like that indigenous knowledge is actually, you know, the, this is where Western science comes from, you know, it's born from indigenous knowledge. We existed long before. Uh, so it's not given the same respect as it should um and uh, that's why we don't hear about it and we don't that's why it was so hard like for eight years i just you know it was mm -hmm. i just stay stuck there with trauma and that's why a lot of people do too 
I'm so curious about because that, that's mm-hmm. let's see if I can phrase this as a question. As what I'm hearing you speak to is there is a level of acceptance that goes way beyond that anything. Because I, I mean, in my mind, if I think about my girls and they were in a situation that I could see was very bad for them, I would want to help them or fight for. I mean, and of course, in a way, the helping would, in one way or the other, impose. Um what I knew to be right for them or like it's, it's like me doing something to or for them, which is, I mean, and, and what I'm, what I was hearing you say was that we'll show you the way, but you have to walk yourself. Like we have, there's like a trust or um, a surrender or acceptance that like, if this is your path, this is your, I don't know what, what it is exactly what the story is, but yeah. it's like. I think, you know, and I think that that's also, you know, in Western culture, you're taught how to, you're told what to do, right? Whereas we are shown what to do. So if I were a parent, if I were you, I would show them how a good relationship looks like. You want to show them how you handle stress, right? And that's a very Western term that I just said to handle stress. (laughs) But how you move through stress, Mm -hmm. uh, how you move through the difference, you know, you show them through example right and that's something i believe you know your children is going to remember the most is you know it's going to be much more impactful than you just telling them you know this is wrong this is right right does that make sense yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent. i mean it absolutely makes sense and it's but it's just so interesting because i i mean i i spend a lot of time in circles where we are thinking about how to improve the world or, or like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I've let go of the language of saving the world or something like that, but, but it's still, it has that quality of, of the things are in a certain way and I would like them to be different. And so how we go about that. And, and for so long, I've been thinking about all those other stupid people that aren't, you know, and then to start looking at like, what, what is my role? How do I actually act and behave? How do I show up? Like, what are my you know, what are the contexts where I can show up as a full, what I feel like a full human being with all of my emotions and all of that stuff. And and what context do I not show up like that? And like, what, how often am I really in alignment? You know, even though I tell a story about, oh, but that's the business world. I wouldn't be professional or blah, 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 blah. But then now I'm starting to be like, well, I don't really care because I want to be, I, I want to see a world where we are full human beings, where we are actually working from yeah. this sort of, un- prerequisite or understanding that we are actually connected because I believe that that's how the world works. That's how I, I know it to work. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I've, I feel it. Um, so then how do I build the courage to show up like that? Always, always. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and that's, you know, how do you do it? <laughs> that's something, you know, you have to just show up and do right. Because I mean, the way we, for example, like the way we, teach our children like you know if looking at from our culture or my culture but other indigenous cultures as well i don't want to say that all indigenous cultures are the same we are so many indigenous groups around the world so uh, but we do have certain um, certain similarities and a lot of common values right and it's a lot of it is is that what you were talking about, you know, like how we're all connected, right? You know, we learned from an early age that, you know, I grew up 
like in a household of uh, we're like three generations is very common for indigenous families to be raised. So you grew up with, um, you know, your grandparents and your aunts and uncles and your cousins and your parents, everyone basically in the same house and everyone is raising you. Right. And you're shown, you know, what are, you know, the thing you're talking about, you know, we are shown like that we have this connection with the natural world we're shown our connection with animals we're shown our connection with with uh, with each other and and um, you know all of our natural cycles and everything like that um, and that's something you can do in your family and in your work as well right is show other people like the by doing right not by telling them like i have so many people who get frustrated, like they come to me and they're frustrated because they've been wanting to, like people who've gone through my program and they're very excited about their results and they tell other people, they're like, oh, you have to learn, you know, indigenous knowledge, mm -hmm. right? About how to heal from trauma. And a lot of people are very skeptical against it because it's not, doesn't fit the Western um, ideas and perspectives. So, um, so they get very frustrated with that. And I tell them, I'm like, it's not our responsibility. It's not my responsibility to force indigenous knowledge onto other people, but I'm here if anyone wants to learn. You know, I'm here to show if anyone wants to listen, yeah. you know. Uh, so that is my focus. And I think that could be your focus as well, right? Just trying to, you know, by showing, by doing, right? Yeah, and I love what you're saying. And then also just to come back to your first step of the learning cycle, which was mm -hmm. to learn how to listen. Yeah. That that this is actually something that, um, and I mean, you can't, it's this, <laughs> yeah, no. You can't teach somebody to listen if they don't want to listen. If yeah. you're not, if you don't have the curiosity or the relationship or the, there has to be an opening somewhere where the conversation starts probably. And then from there you can have and how you move and, and behave and so forth and perhaps you can get people to listen. Yeah. And I think too, you know, one of the beautiful ways of, um, you know, we are, um, as indigenous people, we're oral people, right? We didn't write anything down. We just told stories. And that's how a lot of our knowledge was transferred. And it still is, you know, a lot of our creation stories, are a lot of our, uh, the stories that are still being told in our communities, they teach, history they teach science they teach you know all these things um that helps us understand you know and uh, i think that's something we can take into the the modern society as well is you know sharing through stories um showing people mm -hmm. you know how it how a different world could look like yeah. that's a really that's a that's a very sort of a live topic for me as well as like how we tell stories, like how if we tell stories about with pre-drawn conclusions about who are the heroes and heroines and what was a good outcome and so forth. And then versus kind of, I mean, even in <laughs> in your story and how you're telling it, I'm perceiving it's, it's more a, like, well, this happened. Mm -hmm. And then it's for me, to, I attach a lot of different values and emotions and, and things and like a lot of stuff is happening in me as I'm listening and, and as we are having this conversation. Um, but there's an openness for me to interpret it as I like to, whereas I find, I mean, again, I'm going to my kids and some of the stuff that they're looking at or consuming, you know, mm -hmm. some of the books or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. A lot of those stories deal in terms of like, this is good. 
this is how you are a good friend. This is how you are a bad friend. This is how you should do. This is how you're not supposed to do. And it's not about just, again, this showing versus the all of these value-laden judgments and, yeah. and value-laden um, content. Yeah. It, it seems like a qualitative difference in how you are communicating. Yeah, and I and I think by showing you too, you're able to to see, you know, attach uh, a feeling to it too, right? You know, if you show your kids, like this is yeah. how it feels when you're kind to someone else, you know, like you know, like oh, doesn't this, you know, right? How good it feels to help each other, right? you know, in our communities, everyone, and yeah. even now, like even us being displaced here in Western culture, we're noticing, you know, like we're all trying to, you know when we meet other indigenous people and even other non-indigenous people who, who have the same values, right? Like the, how it feels to help each other and to support each other. Um, and it's something, you know, you just, you just do it by showing, right? It's not something you tell, you know, you, that's how we remember it too, because we want to feel good and same. What is it? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just laughing because I'm like, but how is it going to be good social media content if you can't tell people <laughs> if you're doing everything good so all the time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it, yeah, it is. But I mean, you can still show it too because you, I think even in social media content, yeah, you yeah. can you can actually <laughs> you can show like how good it feels, like or how something feels, right? Even if it doesn't feel good, if something feels upsetting, right? You know, I just. I don't know, or, or any emotion, I guess. I'm just kidding, but I, I think yeah. it's, I mean, it's just pointing to, again, I mean, I, 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 I like this idea. And I mean, it's, it's a very Buddhist concept as well. Like we do things and then, but by the things we do, we get the insights and the learnings that we need to do. And by, through the learnings, we find the people that we need to find. And so it's like this sort of Buddha Dharma Sangha type of, of uh, we aspire to something, we do that, and then we find the people, and then that repeats and repeats and repeats, and, and we find our path through doing uh, versus yeah. sort of planning and deciding. And, and then, you know, it's not knowing doesn't come first, it comes last, if you will. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we need to pay attention to also like how we, yeah, how we feel about everything, right? How, how do you feel about, you know, going through your life the way you're doing it? You know, how do you feel about, you know, even like we talk about stress and trauma, right? How does it, you know, if you're living with stress and trauma, it does not feel good, you know? And you have to know that like, you know, like what I did for eight years, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over again, still feeling bad, still feeling like you're suffering. It's not, that that tells you that it's not working. And the same thing with how we live, right? If we keep living year and year, year after year, the same way, nothing is changing, we're still feeling bad, you know, you know, obviously there, there needs to be a change. I'm starting to think that, that this is a good pause point in the conversation. And, and, but at the same time, I just wanted to say, like, is there something that I didn't ask that I should have asked or something else that you would have liked to have brought in or that you would like to bring in now? Um, hmm. No, I don't, I don't think so. I feel like we covered a lot. And yeah, I think, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if people want to find you, cause you have your, mm -hmm. you have the program that you're running and, yes. and you are doing a lot of work in this field of trauma mm -hmm. and trauma healing. And also, I guess in, in terms of sort of indigenous and you're, 
working on some some things with actually working with the land and building a place, right? If I yes, yeah. So we uh, where can you where would you direct people? Uh, I would uh, direct people to my website. That's the that's the place for everything. <laughs> That's uh, I have articles and free classes and um, and the program that I talked about as well. So it's uh, returntolife.co. So return to life, you can spell it either way with a two or a or to. <laughs> I'll put the link in the show notes as well, so it's there and easily to be clicked on. Um, did you want to say something about the land? Oh yeah, yeah. As, so well, where was that? Yeah, it was. No, no, it's um, it was donated actually um, to um, this nonprofit that my uh, partner is a part of, and this person wanted to donate the land back to indigenous people of uh, New York. And my partner, being Horonoshoni Onondaga, he um, became the caretaker of this land, and so we are building a place where going to be open for the public and it's also going to be a safe place for indigenous people especially um that are displaced into cities like new york city uh so La is a big indigenous community there so we're talking with the american indian community house of having um other indigenous people coming here and learning we're building a long house which is one of the traditional building structures here on the northeast um and um, having, uh, you know, a, a place for indigenous people to practice their culture and, um, uh, learning, having workshops, learning our knowledges with, um, I would be teaching healing, um, from trauma, but, um, also how causes my, um, partner teaches uh, drum making and basketry and high tanning and all these different parts that is, you know, we, all the knowledges that we were meant to have that um a lot of people you know got separated from so yeah trying to have it as a, a learning center pretty much very cool yeah thank you so much for taking the time mandy i really appreciate it and thank appreciate this conversation thank, thank you. you so much for having me here it's been great talking to you